the whole world gonna win. I'm the best looking man in the Middle Ages. My, my, my. Welcome to the Gryffindor Ravenclaw Slytherin show. Now with Hufflepuff. Oh, yes. there we go. That came with extra polish. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was a pie crust, you could feel it flaking in your mouth. Oh, man. No, there's, got, there's a little... has to be some moisture. Don't, don't, you don't want it too flaky. Speaking of things in mouths, uh, the film we're talking about today <laughs> has, has a particularly famous scene, uh, which I don't think I could really show anyone, even though it isn't pornographic. Um, you know the scene I'm talking about, Damien. It is, of, of course, course, when... when, when Alien cock comes out of uninitiated actors' trousers to the music of the X-Files and goes into a woman's mouth where it eats her brain from within her mouth. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you know that the crew walked off during that scene? <laughs> what, as a, as a, what, uh, was it a question of taste or was it just so. lunch break? <laughs> they just walked off and like someone rang a cowbell and immediately they, they there were like 10k lights dropped smashed on the floor there was a boom dropped onto someone's head they just immediately their hands opened and then closed again and then they just walked to lunch an additional fun fact this was one of the first shots of the movie and having walked off they never actually returned which speaks for the quality of the rest of the movie. It's like, now why is this know. a 50-minute movie? They, they were <laughs> filming it scene by scene, linearly? That doesn't make sense. Well, in all fairness, the reason it was a 50, 45-minute movie is because we watched it, at, we watched playback at, at 200%, because we're not going to give it more time than it's worth. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. <laughs> Brain Damage is a film directed by Frank Hennen Lotter, whose main claim to fame I can find seems to be that he's the uncle of the guy who invented My Little Pony. <laughs> wow, that's, he, that's he did, well out of left field. He, he did some films afterwards, uh, in, after Brain Damage. Brain Damage was his second film. He did some films, including Basket Case 2. He directed Basket Case 1. Uh, he also did Basket Case 3. He also did Frankenhooker. Uh, and bad biology, and he bizarrely he also did chasing Banksy. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. That's, that's an almost noteworthy credit there. Yeah, that was a film he made two years after his documentary. That's exploitation. <laughs> Not like this movie. Uh, two things about this movie. We'll we'll, t- we'll tell people what exactly what it's about, shall we? Okay. Yeah. 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 I've, I I went scene by scene taking notes and. All I've got is scaff for this thing. <laughs> I figured which, it'd be one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things we're just going to kind of slowly pour scorn over. Really, it's about this guy. Uh, you're not quite sure who and what and why he is. He's just it's there about a human man. He finds this magic penis, which gets him off real good, and the magic penis tells him to kill people. And it, yeah, pretty it's much a- it. More, more literally, it's about a guy, a guy called Brian. And I knew this film was going to be crap when I realised that the man we were going to be following was called Brian. The protagonist is Brian, and this is a film about Brian's brain. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like, God, couldn't you've called him Trevor or something? Well, what they're doing—that's you know—that was some quality writing right there. You got a little bit of wordplay. You're really weaving him into the you know the narrative there. But it should have it should have started with a massive trekking shot into his mouth to a <laughs> Koyanakwatsi style opera of the, of people going Brian's brain, Brian's brain, challenge oh. ant, Brian's brain, <laughs> wonky donkey, <laughs> blankety blank. <laughs> I would blank those blanks right in there. Fuck. The film is about Brian and he finds this thing called Elmer, which is seems to be like an ancient being that attaches itself to people's brains and floods their brains with delicious hallucinogenic that people get really, really addicted to. Uh, but Elmer survives on eating brains and he likes human brains. Human brains the most, yes. Yeah. Anything else is, is debilitating. It seems to weak, weaken him, yeah. And um, that essentially the story is, is Brian meets Elmer, they get into this symbiotic relationship, which is, at least on some level, a bit of a metaphor for addiction uh, and reliance, I guess, or maybe, maybe it's a metaphor for codependence. Uh, and, and really, that's all that happens. All that happens is, is Brian goes around and doesn't want to kill people, but he's addicted, so he has to kill people. 
for Elmer, so Elmer will give him the special blue goo. Uh, <laughs> and then and then there's a confrontation with Brian's previous owners and uh sorry, Elmer's previous owners and Elmer's killed. Yeah, and, I mean, and that pr- and pretty much, much wraps it up. Much of this film you you know, you can talk about the idea, you can talk about set pieces and there's different many different parts where Brian is hallucinating and this film on paper sounds way more interesting than it is. Yes, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm, oh, bloody hell. Oh, oh, <laughs> ding! Just let, let them fall out. Let them fall out of your face. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, fucking hell, I've derailed myself. Yeah, no, I, 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 I brought... Um, when we were talking about... Uh, potentially talking about a movie, I, I floated this to you because I do remember us watching this piece of shit many years ago on Netflix and I seem yes. to remember really liking the idea and yeah. I, I, in the years that have passed kind of forgot all the kind of happenings of the movie itself and I've, I kind of imbued it with more credit uh, imbued it with more credit than it was worth yeah I mean it, it's interesting because I think when you say B-movie people often think grainy really crappy you know you can see the you can see the the set walls like wobbling as people shut doors and things like that. But the thing is, is this movie is is made well for for the nine hundred thousand dollar budget they had. It's made decently well. The special effects aren't very good, but they're they're fine. The way it's shot and everything, the people know what they're doing. It's lit well. You know, it's it's not a masterpiece on any level, but it's absolutely fine. And the thing is, is I cannot think of a film that that's more irrelevant for. Because it either had to be really well written and it's this inc- incredible but subtle allegory about addiction and it's really creepy and, it you know, it, it's all suggested and you never see Elmer, it's this thing living in his brain. It's not a fucking cold turd that's fallen out of the sky of a plane, <laughs> a bed of peanuts, <laughs> flight peanuts. But um, it, it's either got to be that or it could have been made really sloppily but being funny. Mm-hmm. It's not funny at all, and I think if it was funny, if it was, if someone wrote a script and they did this, and it wasn't meant to be like this is a clever film, guys. It was meant to be like hey, and they did it well. It could have been like a. I think this could have been a, a huge hit, but it's it's not that. It's it's just oh, it's it surge. It, it's it doesn't even surge. it doesn't even go the low route, right? It doesn't. It's not even like oh, let's do the blowjob scene and then let's have like a girl's tits and things. It's not even like that. It's it's very. It's very beige. Mm-hmm. It's very, it, yeah, it's very dull. The worst sort of movie to talk about. <laughs> Welcome to the George Rockelsridge show. But, but there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in here which I, I kind of want to go through and, and talk about because they're not necessarily bad, but they're weird choices. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to just start straight at the beginning or? Well, it opens with shots of Fraser's apartment. <laughs> For one. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, you've got you've got shots of what look like kind of old kind of tribal African masks and inter, intercut with uh, shots of these anato- anatomical drawings with like the right. camera focused primarily on the head. Yeah, and it looks like oh, we're going to watch a, a Frankenstein type thing, and then it's an old couple, and they're talking, and they're talking about someone else, and then they've got a brain. And they've got an animal brain and they talk about the size of the brain and it's clear they're going to feed this brain to something. And for five minutes, this movie is really interesting. Mm-hmm. For five yeah, minutes. They, yeah. they really lovingly garnish the brain. There's a nice sprig of parsley there, you know, a little lemon wedge. They look with care. Yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing is, is this, like, I think tension in the opening five minutes is hard to get right. And this movie does it. And it's the only time this movie's ten- tense at all. And um, and it's it's this couple, and you're waiting to see what this this thing is that they're feeding, and the reveal is it's an empty bath, and this thing has got out, and it's a great start, and then it just immediately just goes downhill where we meet Brian, played who lives by, with who lives yeah. with his brother Brian and his sister Brian, who seem to who I imagine like shag each other in quick succession. We meet Brian living at home. He's living with his brother, and there's a girlfriend there. And immediately, it's not clear who she's involved with, right? It's it's not clear who she's involved with, but they all look the same, so it's not really clear who's who. Yeah, they've got a, there's a definite case the Millhouse is going on here. Yes, there is. It's like okay, so that's your daughter with the dude. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like not long after that, you, um, you see um, the brother and uh, the girlfriend come back from apparently a concert. And I swear to God, they're talking about like, where should we have sex? But it's not quite clear. Or rather, I wasn't paying too much attention. So I assumed they were the they were the couple that were just looking out for this. Well, Brian, the deadbeat who's just mm -hmm. mooching around in his room for some reason. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's interested, they decided in the ass. Now, I'm looking <laughs> at Rick Hurst, who's uh, who's Brian. And I, I've never encountered this guy before, so I uh, typed him into Wikipedia, and Wikipedia says Rick Hurst, date of birth, has been dead for many years. <laughs> is an American actor. He is known for roles in American soap operas. It doesn't even say like <laughs> he, he, he's known for Beverly Hills or anything. It, like, he's known for American soap operas. Yeah, there's no like uh, there's no references at the bottom of the page or anything like that. There's no follow up material or anything like that. In 2000, he starred as Rocky in the theatre production of Avenue Boys. I, I looked it up very briefly on IMDb as well, and like the the most recent thing he did, I think it, like 2017 last year, maybe the year before, was uh, the remake of Dynasty, and I didn't look any further than that. I thought that's a, that's exactly all the information I need right now. Click. Oh shit! Well, how about this for a gap? 2018 Dynasty. Dynasty or Dynasty? Um, I would say I think it's well Dynasty, um, but I think it's a it's more of an American thing. Um, well, we so could we could make we'll a, a long running soap opera about a family called Dynasty who have a dynasty. The Dynasty Dynasty Chronicles. <laughs> so 2018 Dynasty Dynasty, 2017 Daytime Divas, four episodes. Good job. <laughs> 2010 Castle. I'm sorry, do we say castle or castle? Um, again, I think because it's an American thing, we have to go with castle, but I kind of feel a little bit unclean. Um, I would say castle. You would say castle? Fuck I off. would say castle. Oh, you say tower. You say tar, don't you? Tar. A tower. Oh, I'm going to lock her in the tar of my castle. And when I go to have a shower, I in fact have a bath. Have a shower. A bath. A bath in my stand-up shower in the tower of my castle. Following afterwards, whilst I'm cooking on the kettle. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the George Rockleschmidt Show. We're 12 minutes in, and it's already just descended into noise. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, if if you've missed it, we're talking about uh, Brian and the magic penis. After th this couple feed their fish, uh, there's terrible Dracula-like organ music that sounds as if it's coming from a holiday camp, and Brian encounters El what we later find out is Elmer. Which is, I, I really, I mean, I don't want to say a terrible puppet, but an unconvincing uh, plastic turd. I mean, I can't describe him in any other way. I mean, he just looks like a shit. Oh, I, I thought he kind of looked like an upside down dildo. Really, it's like the, uh, you know, where the, uh, well, with the with the bark finish. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'd say like a niche dildo, not a conventional thing, but uh, it does look like where the eyes and the mouth operate. That's you know where the scrotum would be. If you read the bio of this, I thought the way they would do it the first time I saw it would be you never see this thing. It's something living in in Brian's brain. You know, it's like a waterborne parasite that's living in his brain now or something, and it just talks to him. But no, they they have they have a literal puppet. And this puppet has the goofiest mouth and eyes. Yeah, it's so it's kind of quite bizarre because the eyes themselves are really, really small for something like this. But you can tell there's been enough work that's gone into the eyelids, right? There's animatronics there because they do animate and it's obviously a puppet. And there must be quite fine controls behind it. It's just a very bizarre art choice because you, apart from anything else, you can almost... Have in, I had such incredible difficulty actually seeing the eyes themselves, but obviously yeah. a lot of work had gone into it. Yeah, the, this is what I'm saying about uh, it being fairly well made, because most of the art choices, they're not so much bad as they are just wrong. Like, it's mouth. So th there's at least five times in the movie where Elmer opens its mouth and you see its teeth. And obviously the story's about it injecting Brian with a blue liquid that gets Brian high and kind of makes Brian a slave and it's got these like straws these blue straws where it's never said but you're kind of meant to ascertain that the blue liquid comes out of these straws into Brian and it's like we don't need that you know people people don't need to see the straws in a fucking vampire's mouth 
to to see like oh well how oh well when dracula bites a virgin's neck how does he suck the blood there's no straws in teeth does he just gargle it you know we don't <laughs> we don't need to see it and the mouth looks really bad it is yeah it is really bad but i think there's there was obviously quite a bit of effort i i, I guess it no, wasn't really a, that, a special effects team right that, there's that's one what I'm person saying. that put a lot of right. work in yeah probably but the, yeah there was there was a lot of effort there and that that that's the thing like uh, this film does things which definitely aren't lazy but they're just not good and they would have been better if they'd have not done them like, yeah it feels like a lot of these creative decisions like should sh- need to go through a workshop right because i think it, it looks yeah. like someone came up with an idea and was like yeah we'll do that we've got it's got to be ready in 20 minutes yeah i mean I, you know I, this is incredibly condescending i guess but it's kind of like you know when you hear at like college or at school or something a, a lecturer or a teacher say something like i mean it's a good idea but no and the and the <laughs> and the kid doesn't get it and really it's because it's like you're just a dumb kid like if you keep working on it i can't i can't tell you why it's not good because you're a kid like the answer is is you're just not good enough you just need to keep doing this until you're good enough. Oh, like I'm but thinking there's, of, I'm there's thinking not enough time in the term. <laughs> like, you know, like the whole thing with Brian laying down and then he looks over and there's blue water coming up. Uh, and there's blue water coming up around his bed and he's hallucinating it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a particularly like fantastic idea, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is interesting and it's it's fairly original. I can't think that's ripped off anything. But what they do, the the way they execute it is they have a shot that is looking down. So it's a, a high shot looking on, on a low angle down at this guy's bedroom floor. And it's just like socks on the floor getting covered with with blue water. And it's 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 weird and it kind of looks like it's going to he's going to wake up and this is going to be like a sanitary towel advert or something. And there's a lot of fucking nasty looking baths in this film. There are, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the quality of any of the sinks and the the, the water is, it, it's all quite dubious, yes. Yeah, I remember I used to have these friends. I was ten years old, and I used to have these two friends, and they were like nine and ten, and their their mum and dad were divorced, um, so I only knew them when they would stay with their dad, and their dad's house. Looking back at it, I mean, he was a fucking hoarder thinking about it that yeah their dad was uh was I, well, I guess he was a bit of a bum and um and i remember their fucking bathroom was just outrageously disgusting I, it was just their dad and these two kids these two boys i remember i do remember the toilet it was the first time i saw fur oh where did you find the fur i was on in the bowl i don't mean real fur but it looked kind of like oh Right. Oh. No, no, I I understand that it was yeah, it was going to be like a fungal thing, not like a not like faux fur on a toilet. That 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 is that is a disaster. But I was kind of you know, trying to understand, as you say, whether or not it was in the bog. Is it, was it you know, so fucking scummy that it was actually on the seat itself? I mean, I, I I've I've no, I've had no, the no. misfortune but, no, no, of. No. But you, right, listen. You know the smell of piss that you get. That's so faint you can tell. Like oh, okay. So that that's the smell of piss where it's it's not here now, it's been cleaned up, but when it was here, they left it too long. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you've, you've waited at like six, like half a dozen pisses before you've like flushed, to decide to flush the toilet. I don't mean flushed. I mean like someone's pissed on the floor <laughs> and, and it wasn't immediately mobbed. You know, it was like someone pissed on the floor and then it, they went to bed and then was, they were like, like, oh... It was like close to a window, so the next day after midday, you know, the sun comes in. It re- like cooks it down, so it cooks there. it into there's, the floorboards. That's what yeah, I'm there, talking about. There's there's no liquid, but like everything that you know makes it piss is still there, like reduced down, like bound, binded to the floor. Yeah, yeah, that's what these bathrooms look like. It makes me realise that any any rose tinted look back into the past is always wrong because that is what the past is. The past is disgusting toilets. <laughs> in well, the 70s you couldn't keep your bathroom clean you couldn't because it was always too cold or too hot there wasn't there weren't enough cleaners that didn't cause you cancer everything was made out of the wrong stuff everything was fucking orange and avocado every anyway can you imagine keeping a clean house in the 1920s 
I mean, are you asking me honestly? I mean, I I, I, I literally cannot comprehend. What's the sanitary procedure with an outhouse? I don't know. I I presume it's just you open the door and you just kind of try and piss from as far away as possible (laughs) and hope to kind of get it in the... I was going to say bowl, but I think that's naive. You get it in the hole. Is it legit to waddle from the outhouse to the shower and just get in without wiping? I don't have an answer for you, but I'm sure it... I mean, it's a scenario that I'm sure happened countless times. So, anyway, this this film is full of disgusting bathrooms. Um, and I think it might even be in one of these bathrooms that Brian meets Elmer. What do you think of Elmer? Like, what do you think of his... Not not his physical appearance, not him as a puppet, but what do you think of him as a character? I, I, I remember when we watched it, this, this was one of the kind of decisions that kind of really messed with my head, and I really liked it at the time. Because he he is this disgusting turtle penis looking um, well puppet depending on your, your welcome to the new podcast turtle penis <laughs> it's bras or cats <laughs> he's voiced by the voice of this uh, of this character is is like really quite well spoken he's kind of like quite a thes- thespian almost like a lovey type thing he's it's quite yeah. camp but it's it's really well spoken like for a monster there's this it's not. Yeah, it's just, it's really clean. He's voiced by Zo- uh, John Zachary, who is 99 this year. That'll, oh, no, sorry, no, he d- he died he, la- he died in 2016. He's not 99. He's, he'll never be 99. He died in 98. I'm sorry, I misread it. I fucked it up, okay? I fucked it up. <laughs> well, I'll let you off the hook, but, uh, I, you know, it's, it's up for debate whether or not the listeners will let you go so easily. Yeah, they but do come this. here for the facts. The immediate effect, yeah, because most people they listen to somebody, somebody's death status, and they immediately turn it off. They've got what they need. This is the yeah, are they still alive podcast? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if we don't get that right, we're not. Do- there's there's nothing, you know, that they can they can credit us with at all. So what what we what we do is we we end up having this procedure where we have to have like eight sources to find out if someone's alive or dead or not. So this podcast ninety percent of the time is just possibly. <laughs> Doubt, doubtful, <laughs> but maybe. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Elmer is voiced by um, John Zakerly, and it's the voice of of someone who would play a mentor in a film, right? Where? Anywhere you like. I'm uh, hungry. Wait, wait. I'm confused. I'm not following any of this. Then don't worry about it. You don't need to worry about anything ever again. I'll do all your thinking for you. I mean, it, it's quite an old voice. Yeah, 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 I would say so. But I mean, some of... I, mean, I would say it's, it was quite camp in a, a lot of the past. Was, yeah. It was almost kind of well, like Ford, yeah. Ford Velian in, in, or like someone trying to do that. Yeah, and, and his character is very like that. You know, it's, it's very much like Brian wakes up and Elmer's eating someone's brain. And Brian's like, oh my God, I'm going to be sick. And Elmer says... Oh, I'm eating, not here. And it's kind of meant... To, I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but it's very flip. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's and a little underdone. <laughs> and it's kind of like... Uh, you needed to either go all out with it being funny, but still write it better, or or not do this, really. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot of the dialogue is kind of inconsequential as well. I, I reckon, you know, there could be like a fan cut where there's... He, Elmer doesn't say anything at all. It's just Brian. Well, mm, Brian that would be better. Most of what he does is just wail anyway. It's not exactly coherent, particularly in the as the movie progresses and he's just a junkie and he's as well. Yeah, as it goes on, he, you know, he he tries to best Elmer and uh, swear off, you know, the juice as he he, he keeps calling it, and uh, he goes cold turkey. And after that point, he's yeah completely incoherent. So whatever back and forth they have going on, at, at that point. Elmer starts singing like old show tunes and stuff like that. You could easily just scrub all that, and whatever Brian's totally doing right. is, yeah, is still there without really messing with the context too much. You're totally right. I didn't even think about that, but yes, you could. I was, I was thinking you could do a 50-minute cut of this, and it work exactly the same way. Yeah, you could, even, you could even keep every scene and do a 50-minute cut because it is quite bloated. But no, I think that actually, if you did get rid of Elmer completely. I mean that would that would be much more interesting. I don't think it would be better, but um, yeah, it was just it was just yeah, it's one of those choices that was yeah very bizarre. You can I can kind of see what they were going for. Um, 
I think the it, problem the problem is right with with the Elmer character is it doesn't really work and it's not appropriate and it's often flat, but it's way more interesting than Brian. Other than like the play on words with his name, there's nothing going on with this dude. And they never do it. They never have someone say Brian's brain. <laughs> and that's why this movie fails. That's what it should be called. It should be called Brian Damage. Oh, well, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Brian Damage. Brian Damage. Do you remember that old comedian called Brian Damage? I bet you don't. No, of course not. I'm well out of touch. Well, we met him. Do you not remember? No, not at all. <laughs> Just because I met someone doesn't mean I remember them. My God, man, do you not know me at all? He was a very famous, not a very famous, non-famous person. If you know, if you know what I'm saying, oh, whatever. <laughs> We've established I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep going for it, Damien. But you just... <laughs> I'm surprising you keep dropping the fucking ball. <laughs> I, but come on, you remember when we were Ev- in the comedy every school week, that time? Every week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's what I do. Um, See? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, what I was going to say as well, I've got this written down. I, I just wrote down Elmer Howard the Duck. And I, I remember now, yeah, Elmer does look a lot like Howard the Duck. He has like a scrunched up fa- like duck face. Do you remember? Howard the Duck. Give me a second. You don't remember Howard the Duck? Oh, yes, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I always I remember it differently. I, I, kept, I kept thinking it was Ed the Duck. Yeah, you know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I think it's not down to the scrunched faces thing. It's just down to really bizarre... Uh, really bizarre animatronics uh, in the late 80s and 90s. Yeah. I just had that... Ri- yeah. Well, yeah, animatronics with those working eyelids, which are always fucking Atrocious, terrifying. Yeah. yeah. No one... Nothing blinks that slow. <laughs> yeah, and, and nothing has, like, a an eyelid that heavy. I've always been suspicious of people who look like camels because of that. <laughs> like, do you remember in Westworld when they say, oh, they can't get their hands exactly right and they've got rubber finger, rubber, kind of rubber bands where their knuckles are or where their joints are and their fingers. Mm-hmm. I, I always kind of thought as a kid, what, they can't get that right, but they can make that man look old and droopy as fuck. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. They can't That's get his, when I... T- they can't get I his t- fingers right, but I can smell the gin on him. <laughs> but but I always thought a better a better version of that would be yeah we got we got the the robots looking exactly like humans apart from the fucking you know the camel eyelids and by virtue of this resort we've got the genitals right that's what people come in for <laughs> yeah an, an entirely immersive experience but yeah the hands the hands were a fucking writer what do you think about gloves fuck everyone's wearing gloves in this place. And Damien, that's so. What I'm saying was, even as a 12 year old, that's when I threw my whiskey at the TV and stormed off. I had to wait two years before I got another TV. <laughs> Those were hard years on the farm. <laughs> so uh, Elmer is kind of this, uh, this very campy, or as you say, almost lovey psychopath. Brian is an idiot. Brian obviously takes Elmer to have a bath with him. In, As you do in one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen, where they're playing in the bath together. Well, it's not it kind of like immediately made clear. You, know, you have his flatmate, and at that point, it's kind of cl- it's made clear that uh, his flatmate like his flatmate is is such a chill out person. His flatmate's like, yeah, I started to get worried when he put five locks on the door. Like, yeah, dude, but it, but, it, but he only locks it when he's in the room. He know? only locks it when he's in the room. And, and every, every time they go through these fucking doors, he's never locked anything. The do- locks are always open. <laughs> and they're, they're Yale locks as well, you know. It's, it, they're quite... They're, they're difficult locks. Are they Yale? A lot or of they, wo- are they Yale home brand style? Are they Yale style home brand locks? Well, unsurprisingly, I haven't done my homework. So I, if anyone's going to be able to answer that question, it's going to be you. But Damien, I, would say- I, re- I remember once I bought a padlock and uh, I spent a lot of money on it. It wasn't one of those cheap ones. I spent about eight or nine pounds on it. Ooh. Big big one, and uh, and uh, opened it up, got got it out, opened it up, and uh, it wouldn't lock. Took it back, and you know, you never guess what the, the guy gave me my bloody money back straight away. Can you believe the that? Fucking charlatan. That's that's. I mean, it's good service, isn't it, Damien? But oof, 
Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Makes you wonder. All these he locks knew. are regular thing. How much money is this man making from padlocks that people won't return because it's too much of an ordeal? <laughs> I think ordeal is the right word. I lived, I lived eight miles away from that place, and the bus service where I lived was fucking atrocious. That was a ninety-minute trek, and that's what they—that's what they're counting on. They want you to look at that and turn your nose up at it and think, why the, why fucking bother? What is only like six quid for you when you tally it all up is their fucking industry. I had to walk there. In my shoes, which were made out of sandpaper, the only way to tie those shoes were with a rope made out of broken glass that would go around my scrotum. It was my worth all of those God. £9. And that was the year of that snowstorm, is that correct? Yeah, that's, yes, exactly. Unbelievable. Uh, yes, yeah, that's right, that snowstorm in Stalingrad. <laughs> we'll edit that for you know the various regions that this is broadcast to. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you want me to do so? Okay, Newcastle. <laughs> oh, so there's Utica. <laughs> Vladivostok. Oh, it's an Albany expression. So, so you don't think so they are playing in the bath, right? Together, they are playing in the bath. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, but, um, yeah. The, what I saw immediately is just like him in the tub having a wild time. At that point, he's only just kind of getting used to being off his tits all the fucking time. It looks like he's just fucking playing splish splash. And then um, it, that's when his okay, that's when his roommate starts. Yes, that's what I was saying. His roommate starts to be concerned because he's having like eighteen-hour baths. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, has splash. installed. He's he's installed like five, ten locks between two doors at this point. Yeah. Not to not, not to say none anything of that, else. None of them have a key. Yes. <laughs> because like Mike the roommate hasn't been able to put together this reason he's been in the bath for four hours at this point is he can't get the fuck out this obviously takes place in a universe much like the Walking Dead universe you know where everyone's like I was walking along and I was almost bit by one of them shamblers and then someone's like I've been walking around the Walking Dead universe for two years but I've never heard of this shambler oh it's one of those things oh a shambler a I call it a huskler I call it a nibbler. Like, dudes, have you never heard of a zombo? It's a fucking zombo. <laughs> Why? Like, sounds... Walking Dead. Walking Dead appears. Walking Dead occurs in a universe that doesn't have zombies, and in, in much the same way, this film occurs in a universe where people don't have um, drug addiction. Because the, the roommate would be like, Brian, what are you doing? Are you on drugs? The first thing you do if someone starts to have an 18-hour bath every day is be like, what the fuck is going on? Not, he's acting all weird, man. <laughs> Check it out. It's so weird. Such a, oh, my God. Far out. Well. Have you seen this, man? Oh, Jesus. Oh. Hey, Barb. Look at, oh. Oh, there's an alien. Oh, Barbara, there's a bloody alien. And yeah, these, well, I guess, like his roommate throughout the course of the, the story never understands that there's ever an alien, right? He's never privy to that information. He never sees it at all. So in his, in his little universe, it's just him going off the fucking rails, right? Um, this film, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> you see, Damien, I was looking at my notes and I realized we're going to have to talk about these failed extras who have to like pretend their brains are sucked out when they have a pe this weird kind of alien penis glued to their head. And I just thought, fuck it. I, I, my mind has to be somewhere else. This cannot be what I call my work. I never thought that I would find a film where they say the, the line, sucked him dry in a junkyard. So dull. Yeah, I mean, when uh, Brian's going cold turkey, um, uh, Elmer taunts him saying, who's going to break? You know, yeah. Elmer needs the brains. You'll have to Brian suck my juice. juice. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a hard juice. juice. I mean, that could easily be swapped out for... Easily swapped out for jizz, and I kind of felt that that's what they were kind of nodding towards. They didn't quite hammer it home. Right. So what? So he's... So what is... Okay. All right, well, we'll talk about this at the end. We'll talk about what it means at the end, but yes. <laughs> we'll talk about this off mic. I'm going to reprimand you, you fucking <laughs> disgusting human being. Yeah. He goes to withdrawal, and, and all the effects are a bit kind of meh. At the very beginning, he when he starts to take this drug that Elmer's giving him, whatever it is, he, and he walks along and he sees the junkyard and there's lights coming out of the cars. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's done badly, but even then, you kind of think, I mean, that would definitely catch your attention, but you just think, oh, I'm high. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I know. I'll I'll scale the fence. I'll scale the fence, and I'll get really close to this. I mean, no, dude, you're hallucinating. I don't. I don't see why he forgets this. Mm. Well, I, I, again, it, there's nothing you kind of know about this character. I mean, no. Um, you don't really know if he's clean cut, if he's got a job, if he's deadbeat, or, you know, or anything like that. You don't understand. You don't understand that this thing's finding him when he's in a dark spot, or if he's well—not so much well to do, but you know, if he's holding in a job and his life's kind of steady. It's kind of implied that his girlfriend is 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 a professional, you know, to some degree. Their relationship was going quite well. They were talking about moving in together at one point, and this, that, and the other. Um, and she looks like she's doing all right. As a, so well, she, yeah. she looks like Carol Thatcher, his girlfriend. Yeah, I was going to say, she kind of looks like she's in something to do with law um, until she opens her mouth. Yeah, bird law. <laughs> yeah, she does. She, she looks like she's the sort of woman who, who helps the city decide whether the pavements should be raised a quarter inch or an eighth inch. I mean, she she did have to study six years for that, but it is no, no, no. That's not not a dig at her. No, no. We we need we need people who decide exactly what weight sewage should be when it's a blockage or a fatberg. We need people who who can decide that. I I can't decide that. I don't know, Damien. I don't know. In fact, I'm sick of these phone calls. (laughs) It's a fatberg, all right. I'm just going to say I'm going to say it's a fatberg. Oh, what? It's only the size of a mining helmet. It's a fatberg. But it's mostly it's comprised mostly of newspaper and tissues. You know that can't necessarily that can't be regarded as uh, as a blockage that will deteriorate over time. Move along. You're talking more about your fatty solids. That's where the problems lie. Don't want to ca- cast any shadows over communities here, but uh, it's all that fucking Indian food, isn't it? Oh, jolly worth it, I think. Jolly worth it. I love a good curry. Uh-uh. <laughs> I remember watching a commercial on TV for a toilet which was advertised purely through its its pushing power, its flushing power. <laughs> and do you know what they did to show you how powerful this toilet was? They pushed a small dog through it? <laughs> and it turned into Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> you know those, those, those toys where it had the press and it comes out like spaghetti on the yes, other side? Yes, exactly. They pushed a, <laughs> push a dog in and a, a big green long star came out. No, And much they, like the old couple, there's a sprig of parsley, they got, a they little got, lemon wedge. They it's got, good to go. They got two White Castle sliders and put it down this toilet and flushed it and they went down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> These two, like, kind of slightly small hamburgers. <laughs> and you just think, like, fuck it out. They know their audience. Oh, dear. They know their market. You know when you're trying to, like, pinch out a really, a really unpleasant hangover shit? Well, this toilet can handle it. Don't you worry. It's kind of like it's a complicated shit, but at the same time, it's not complicated enough. <laughs> not for this toilet. Buy it now. Like when you're having the sort of shit where you can, you can, you can feel like, oh, I need more amino acids. <laughs> I wish I ate those those bran flakes four days ago. I remember, do you remember? Um, I think I talked about these two guys before, Dave and Greg, who lived in the downstairs flat of this big building I used to live in, and they were proper alcoholics, and they would start drinking at like. About seven a.m. and they would finish it about. Uh, sorry, it's about seven a.m. Well, they they would definitely start drinking when they would get up, which would be about nine a.m. But they they wouldn't start. They would start partying at seven a.m. at seven p.m. Sorry, seven p.m. Fucking hell. And what they would do is they would sit in this flat's kitchen, which was on the ground floor, and you could see in from every direction. It was all windows. This kitchen and it had a big round table with about eight seats around it, and. It started off as this was the fucking happening place, right? And this flat, flat's kitchen would be full of people. It'd be like 40 people in there. And they'd be sat around their kitchen table and they'd be smoking joints and, and all of this. And it ended with, it would be those two. And the room would be like flashing red, yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue. Like, and it would, you know, it would change every like quarter second. It was like super, super fast lights to like this kind of music 
And it was that music, and like it, the music was so loud that you could see the the panes of glass vibrating. But it would mm-hmm. be Greg and Dave sat around this fucked up old kitchen table, and they'd just be sat there with like scotch in front of their hands and the tenants in the other hand, and they'd just be sat, sat there. They wouldn't be talking; they'd just be staring straight ahead. And it was it was <laughs> it was like watching people go through the end of two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey, but not give a fuck about it. <laughs> uh, they were they were like actual proper alcoholics. They were only nineteen. They were both in acting college, which I, oh, and from dear. what I understand, it was pretty intensive. It was it was you know it was it was nine a.m. to six p.m. every day. But they'd get fucked every night, so they they'd go to this college on like three hours sleep. And um, I watched them over a year physically deteriorate. Like their their skin became translucent. Their skin because they became very, translucent. Became oh translucent. Yeah. And Greg once said to me, "George, is it normal for your shit to smell like Jägermeister?" And it's like, no, it's never never normal. It's never normal for Jägermeister to smell like Jägermeister, but no, it's not. Well, surely the, the follow-up question is, is your shit is, in fact, smelling like Jägermeister instead of shit, is do you find that smell pleasant? If you've got to a point where you're, you, the, the smell of your own shit has become pleasant, something very, very dire has happened to your I, body I, chemistry. In, 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 in defense of Greg, I don't think he was coming to me like, George, guess what? The greatest thing has happened. <laughs> and he's got something My in his shit hand, smells repetition. like an alcoholic spirit. <laughs> I don't think he was saying that. I think he was saying I think he was saying High five. George, I'm only twenty. I can't be dying. Can I, George? I can't be dying. George, I'm not dying, am I? And I'm dying, aren't know, I, George? I'm dying. <laughs> he was saying that. I looked him square in the eyes and I just didn't know if I could reassure him. Um I had to just say yes. And I slowly ambled on. I haven't seen him since. No, I, I mean, I think I think one night between them, they probably drank about four litres of whiskey. Oof. On top of the beer they'd dr- been drinking all day, which is probably about 10 or 12. Yeah, but bre- breakfast beers don't count. By the time they, they, they really go for it, they'll have burnt off. You know, they don't count. That's not in their system anymore, surely. Once... That's how it works. Once Greg um, made dinner... I was down there, and he made dinner in the kitchen, and his dinner was Angel Delight, uh, which he was he, <laughs> he he would eat. He didn't have a spoon, so he ate with minstrels. Uh, if you don't know what a minstrel is, it's just chocolate coated with hard chocolate in a disc, <laughs> and he he used those as spoons. Basically, oh my basically ate this angel delight with his hands. <laughs> I was going to pipe in and say it was going to be a banquet of fucking Rustler burgers, but that is infinitely yeah, he, more he, fucking he, sad he, than he that. He did eat a lot of Rustler burgers. But one day he showed me his uh, his amazing greatest food ever made. And I made this once and it's not good. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a cup of gravy and cheese on toast. Oh dear! And you dunk the gra- you dunk the cheese on toast into the gravy. Oof. So, uh, and I presume after you're done with the toast, there's going to be quite a lot of leftover gravy. So you just kind of neck that like a <laughs> shot, I presume. Do you neck you know, it you or do you do you watch the opera? Oh dear. well, I'm, I presume you got to fucking blast it and get back to your drinking at that point. If that's the state, you know, if that's where you are in your I, life, I assume there's not a shot of Jägermeister in the gravy. Maybe he, maybe it's a Jäger Jäger gravy. It could be quite Yavery. thick on red wine, but I don't know if they go, they're making their gravy it, traditionally it's, or not. It's it's got a little bit of Dijon mustard in there. It's got a little bit of gravy. Oh. Oh, you know, it, they, they, they caramelise the onions first, you know. You know, this isn't trash, George. This it's isn't it, trash. It's got a stock pot in there. I mean, Mark Lapierre White, you know, he, <laughs> did, he didn't make his fucking name doing fine food just to sell out, selling this fucking garbage salt that's been gelatinized to the English public, did he? No, of course yeah. not. It's a quality product. It's not a lot of shit. Look, he says he's got a mug full of fucking gravy, right? But he's got a 200-litre stock pot. He has worked that for 48 hours to make that. It is sublime. Listen, he didn't make Gordon Ramsay cry. Gordon Ramsay chose to cry. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's in touch with his feminine side. And I say power to him. Yeah? If Pierre White wants to fucking dress him down, fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Were we talking about a movie? <laughs> uh, tune in next week and find out. 
<laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> we'll have a listener poll. Um, okay, so I mean, there's nothing really else to say apart from to, to wrap it up. Apart from, I think that this movie, Brian Damage, I think that the producer or whoever was pretending to be the producer called up a casting agency and said to them, uh, we've got a, a role here. It's just a couple of lines. Could you send, send someone who's like B.A. Barakas? And then it was a white guy. But they they kept the lines because it's someone, it's a white guy going like B.A. Barakas, the whole world going to win. I'm the best looking man in the Middle Ages. My, my, my. You read the newspapers. You listen to the TV news. Talking about nuclear waste. Talking about nuclear bombs. Nuclear war. <laughs> They're crying all over the place. They're crying in America. They're crying in Europe. The whole world is going to come to an end. If it's going to go, man, it's going to go. And I'm going to enjoy seeing this whole friggin' world blow up. And I'm going to be smiling by having my beer. They're crying about Europe. They're crying about America. I could do a new show like that. <laughs> People are talking about North Korea. I tell you what, I don't give a shit about North Korea. They're crying about North Korea. They're crying about South Korea. They'll be talking about China tomorrow. So, look, just with a huge disdain for the news, I fucking hate that people are talking about stuff. <laughs> Who's talking about nuclear waste? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's such a trick. Forget about it. We don't need to worry about it. Fucking Joe Rogan's sponging that shit up. If if you could remaster this and put Joe Rogan in there, <laughs> if you could go back and you could get the same camera and the same lenses they use so it looks the same, you even find the same location, you know, and you just replace this guy doing beer baracus as Joe Rogan talking normally about barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Damon, I, I said to my, my point, I'm going to dispense with the whole fucking news. At, I'm going to dispense with the news angle altogether. We don't need it, all right? Let's go for something a little bit more candid. Like, Joe Rogan's a funny guy. He can work off the cuff. Let's see what he's going to... He can contribute. All he says as he walks through the door is, of course, if you want a fuel that you can set your watch by, that'd be propane. <laughs> and if you listen to this you can just hear fanboys heads exploding turning down for what i think that's where we just like cut to credits now and we just have hank hill up there have you noticed as well that this movie has exceptionally bad music yes yeah yeah, yeah. i noticed it's this synth atrocity throughout yeah and like the the fucking hack behind it you can hear at certain beats there's you know you can him ripping off like Takata from Fugue at one yeah. point at the beginning, and then you've got something that is eerily similar to Psycho towards the end there as well. Um, but just you can hear that he, you know, this is just one guy hammering one key with one finger on his little keyboard. Yeah, I mean, it would have been better if it was just um, decent stock stock music, or you know. I would say I would like forgive a lot of um, you know the hallucin uh, that. The hallucination sequences and stuff like that with the right music. Mm -hmm. And let's say if you like fucking applied Aphex Twin or something like that to it, um, it's off the top of my head, it would make it a much more interesting watch. It's just what they did was was just bad. It was just it yeah. Was, it, the the music the music I think is technically the worst thing, um, other than maybe the script. Um, oh, it's a, yeah. I would say yeah. The music is right up there because that's something that. Because there's, there's never a point when the cinematography is bad. It, it may be uninspired and standard, but it's it you know it doesn't obviously cross the line. Cross the line. I, don't know I would say point. like there's no bad lighting. There's no like oh why did they film it like that bit? Yeah, I would say like the the effects in regards to the hallucinations, which you know are very basic. The decent. I don't find are not yeah they're, they're not a turn off by any stretch. No. I would say the puppet is I would say quite entertaining, even though it is it is quite terrible. But I I feel like with a couple more sensible decisions in terms of the score, mm -hmm. the the quality of the movie would have kind of gone up, you know, a, a point or two. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that was, I guess, completely, un well, I would say undervalued, but I, I don't think they had the time or money to really make it, well, properly, I suppose. Or the interest, but, I, you know, I, I guess there's a lot of people that had you know, quite a genius idea at the pub one night, and they were like, all right, we're going to have to bang this out before we forget within the next week. <laughs> well, they made it while they were drunk that night. Oh, I imagine Like, so. it's actually I mean, it a does... brilliant piece of art. It's just done too it quickly. Does, it does sound like a pitch when 
you know, they've, they've you got a couple of guys who you know have dabbled in special effects. You know, only kind of not leading a team or anything like that, but they're working under people. And it's like, well, what if we made a movie? It's all about this. They've they've been sitting around watching a couple of movies. Had a, they've had a few bifters and this, that, and the other, and they're they're a little bit too far gone. They have this genius idea. And they're just kind of riding that wave. And they managed to get it far enough to make a movie out of it. Well, I wanted to talk about Shivers, um, which is Cronenberg's first film. Do you remember watching that with me? I have a feeling that Shivers is a much better film, but the copy we got, it, the, audio, the audio was very bad. So the, the, the main character of Shivers, who has a, a deep voice anyway, basically sounded like the teacher from Charlie Brown. Like it was like, it was like, oh, this is a, this is a, but I was thinking about how Cronenberg came up with that monster, and I was thinking, do you think it was like he was sat there in his bath, and he's thinking, oh, do you know what would be really good? I'm thinking about my monster, and like, if my monster like came up out of the bath bath plug, because no monster has the power to move. <laughs> what what does Cronenberg sound like? Uh, no monster has the power to move. A, a plug from a, a bathtub if the bath is full of water, but mine does, and then my monster will go straight for the veg. Yes. <laughs> Let's go for veg-eating turds. But the, the, there's definitely a lot more going on with that movie because it's it's clearly about uh, sexual transmission, but also, I suppose, the the sexual revolution. Whereas this movie... Kind of, it has an opportunity to say stuff about addiction, and it says addiction is bad. Whereas I seem to yeah. remember Shivers had quite a bit more going on, or am I wrong? Yeah, no, I, I kind of disagree, because I don't think this, this movie really do, kind of goes for that angle at all. I think it's it's one hokey concept that they've just kind of piled into the ground. It doesn't really talk much about that too much. You've got this very kind of milquetoast girlfriend who... I mean, it's down to the performance, I suppose, but it's just so like, oh, so you're like, is it drugs? Is it another woman? Oh, this is bad. And then you, she's not really given much screen time after that. Other than that, it's just saying, you know, Brian's Fucking, ill. You know you're in a bad place when, when your girlfriend comes to you and the first thing she says is, is it drugs? <laughs> is it drugs? Is it another woman? Is it Have drugs? you started <laughs> menopause? <laughs> Are your nipples sensitive? Do you feel unclean down there? <laughs> if freshness is an issue, please call this number. Did you say freshness? Freshness. So it's like it's like yeah, I've got thrush, but I'm fresh. Freshness. <laughs> I don't really want to contemplate the logistics of that, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go over here for a little bit <laughs> to this non-fresh place, <laughs> <laughs> but thrush-free. But but I I think okay so so shivers um, is probably what led us to brain damage I think I think I think the way I would sum this movie up is something that happens very close to the end is uh, Brian's girlfriend and his roommate who I have no idea what the roommate's name is they make out because they're like oh Brian's gone yes Brian has gone I was Brian no you weren't Brian Brian was the man who left oh. You are Brian? No, Brian is the one who left. Oh, yes, Brian is the one who left. Yes, I am not Brian. No, I am the roommate. Yes, let's fuck. And then they do, and then Brian's like, oh. And he, he imagines, he's like, oh. They get oh, caught sex. as well. And he, gets, he imagines getting involved. And there's a scene which is obviously kind of an imaginary scene where yeah. he's with them and he's naked and the camera kind of zooms out and pans down his body and he's got these huge kind of like suckers on fungal growths or suckers or something and they're just so badly done they're clearly just stuck to his body Uh uh-huh and i think that and, and then then it cuts to him and he's pushing his girlfriend down on a bed and she's into it and he starts eating her brain and she kind of likes it it seems and right. and it's just so kind of like it's so high it's so like high school finals it's so like there is a, a nub of a good idea here and if you presented it if someone else presented this they could have made it work but you're just not there yet and the roommate's like yeah well you know you've been gone for 20 minutes we were worried so what did you expect to happen yeah we didn't think you were coming back and and she is a brian and i am a brian so we are attracted to brianing Together we are the Bryans, the, the three Bryans. That would have been a better film. 
if it was just like there's this turd and he talks to Brian and and <laughs> <laughs> the end. And Brian's what? like Brian's like, Oh wow and then this turd says to Brian, Hey, I'll give you some blue juice and Brian's like, Yeah, 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 d- definitely, definitely and then Brian takes on this blue juice and it's really good. But a side effect of this blue juice is that everyone Brian makes out with turns into Brian. <laughs> and then and then and then like Brian Brian's like oh there's like 12 people who are all me and we all want the same things by Elmer and he just stamps that fucking turd to death and it's like well I'll I'll move on to good drugs like heroin and cocaine um that, that was something that I got, uh, was kind of I wouldn't say underwhelming but kind of yeah was kind of shitty about the the climax for lack of a better word so the strength of this thing is like drugging people, right? And if they don't, uh, if they don't uh, bend to his will, the cold turkey will will, it's will knuckle them under, yeah. basically. And it just feels like for something that's you know that's dealing with humans at that level, anything could have like fucking picked him up and squeezed him, basically. And it's just, I can't, I don't know. It's just something that yeah, it just kind of bugs me how easily this thing would was taken out in eight hundred years. No one has thought to just fucking kill it. Yeah, with their with their bare hands. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So there's there's two things. The first one is small, um, but you've reminded me of them both. So the first one is small. The first one is the old man says, "Its origins come from when it was stolen from the emperor of Byzantine," and it's like that's not its origins, then, is it? Oh, oh, what are the origins of this beautiful piece of art, George? Oh, uh, I bought it uh, from an auction house. That's not its fucking origins. Where's it from? That doesn't tell me anything. Like, what's so the just just the emperor just shat it out, and then well, well I, I imagine it. whoever's like he's, he's you know workshopping the script at this point. Um, their history textbook from school doesn't cover anything from before that time, and fuck them if they're going to go to the library and find anything else that happened before twelve hundred. Be uh, 1200 AD. Yeah, right. Uh, but that's just a small I mean, thing. The, they should have a prior knowledge of like things that happened before 1200 AD, but there you go. The, the second thing is, it, it's kind of jumping the shark. It's what I, I would prefer to call the human centipede moment. In the human centipede, there's that moment where the two girls are lost in the woods. They find this nice house in the woods who's run by the doctor who's going to make them into a human centipede. They knock on his door, and he opens the door, and he's basically telling them with his eyes, I'm going to sew you together. It, it, he's creepy as fuck, and you you wonder, as an audience member, why would you go in there? He's clearly fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's the point in this movie where Brian hasn't had any blue liquid yet. He's not addicted to anything, but there's this incredibly weird, creepy blue turd, but brown turd, talking to him. And this brown turd says to him something along the lines of. You don't have to worry about anything. I'll be doing all the thinking for you. Why would you fucking cooperate with that? Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. This, this, thing, this thing has just pretty much said it's, it wants to control my life. I'm, I, yeah, I'm not going to put it on the back of my head like it wants. I'm going to fucking stamp it to death. Yeah. He's within 20 minutes, he's entirely complicit and subservient to it. It's like, yeah. I want more blue juice. Juice me. Juice on me. Juice all over my face. It's just on Bongo. It's just there's a lot of it. Oh, I'm one of the, I, I know this is really dumb, but every time it does this, the, this, that sequence that the effects guy or the director had such a harden for, where the mouth opens up oh, and the, you know yeah. the little needle comes out and goes for the, uh, goes for the neck, which they showed like ten times in here. Um, it goes for the neck, right? But that what follows it is a shot of the needle piercing through brain matter oh, yes. and then leaking. Blue, this blue liquid, right? So the inference is this needle goes in, which you can see arcing into the back of yeah. the neck, which must now burrow up through the spinal cord, through the brain, and, and judging by the angle, it must like pierce through the frontal lobes and then spill out the juice, right? So this thing is now arcing through its head. It must be at least a foot long. Well, right? it's one of those weird shots as well where it, there's no other way to do it, but it's kind of like assumed we're going to get it and follow it. You know, like in Friends, you know, there's the fourth wall, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, and, there's the sh- and you know, you know, like, oh, well, we're the fourth wall, and they're pretending it's not. Like when you, uh, when you see a, a kind of cheaper movie and they're on an aircraft, and they've got like an aircraft cutout and things like that. I, I tell you what, when you see a movie or um, a movie in a studio or, or something like 
a TV show, and they kind of parody parody this in Naked Gun, where someone walks between a room. Like, there's a bigger room, there's a smaller room, they walk between, and the camera follows them, and you see the kind of, the in, where, like, the cut up, the cut of the room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like where the walls cut in half for us, the audience, to follow them. And, it, you know, do you remember in Naked Gun, they do it where Drebin walks around it? Yes, yeah, He's, yeah, like, yeah. walking off stage for a minute. It's, it's funny. Well, it's the same with this, right? Like, they're assuming, like, we're going to kind of go along with them, like, this is the brain. This is the brain without the skull. Because the, for us to see the brain, there can't be a skull. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just find that fascinating, the way they presented that. Like, there's, this is the brain, and there's black behind, because in, in your skull, it would be dark. So it's almost like... They're kind of saying, we got a camera inside somebody's head by blowing up their skull with uh, with a helium balloon so they look like one of those South American tribes people with the huge heads. Yeah, and again, like not like the finale of this movie is when... So as I was saying, you know, uh, the old man grabs Elmer by the hands and like rings him <laughs> I out honestly to thought death. I thought you were going to say he grabs Elmer by the foot. <laughs> I kind of heard myself saying that as well. It's weird, um, but obviously, as he's ringing him out, um, Elmer's uh, juicing Brian. So he he rings him out, and Brian gets this massive fucking flood of this blue juice into his head. And it's not even like into his head; it's like the blue, blue juice goes onto his brain. Yeah, onto yeah, directly, it, you know, onto his brain. Um, and then Brian just kind of goes haywire. But like his mind is overloading at this point, and the inference is like his mind is literally br- blowing, right? So his brain yeah. is swelling. There's and what le- you have electric is sparks. Like, this, this, this shot of like this abscess coming out on uh, Brian's head. Like, uh, I know it's, it's obviously a cheap movie, but like if the brain were to swell, one, he'd immediately collapse with like almost no yeah. motor function. Yeah. But if it was going to swell beyond the confines of the human skull <laughs> and there'd be a, some kind of protrudence like that, there would, you'd have to have like fractures of the skull piercing the skin at this point, right? So you have this bubo, then the roommate finds him, and then there's a, there's a bubo growing out of Damien, this fucking thing. We've already well. established, looks, we've already established that this takes place in a universe where everybody's heads is made out of sourdough. I swear to God, like when I when you see that and there's a fucking like lump coming out of the lump, you could there may as well <laughs> yeah. be fucking Tom and Jerry running behind him. It's you know, fucking it, ridiculous. When when the lump comes out of the lump, it looks like one of those cream fancies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like one of those like mallow tea cakes. Like yeah, like it's a it's a kind of tea cake, and then it's got like a, a, a dollop of cream on top, and then it's it's got icing over the entire thing. It always you don't really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a fondant fancy. Yeah, you yeah. look it up. Punch in Mr. Kipling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have to stock thousands of those things back in my back in the old times in Sainsbury's. What you mean? Well, I thought you were going to say when you lived with your ninety-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> they are very much an old old person's thing, aren't they? They are. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. And then I suppose the movie kind of ends with Brian trying to take his life. Um, the one thing they, this movie kind of does right is that even though Brian is killing these people, you never see the fallout. You don't see the police kind of finding these bodies. And there's like this kind of cheap cat and mouse element to it at all. No. Um, it just keeps with the shit that Brian's doing, and that's fine. You see a guy uh, on the subway at one point in the movie, and he's, the headline reads, there's a killer loose, which is more than enough to... Really, um, yeah. but at the at the climax, you've got people gathering around the com- complex where he lives because they've kind of sussed it out, I guess, in a movie that you know, in a story that can be later explained, I think. Um, and as his mind's overloading, all these people are looking up. The police are there. You hear this gunshot, and then this fucking light show come out of his bedroom rind- window. Everyone rushes up to see, and you see Brian left there um, with half of his skull left, and this. Fucking divine light shooting out of it, and then it just cuts the credits. And then it should have just been loads of shots of him in front of various very famous landmarks in the world. Like, and it's, it's it's like him in front of him in front of the Eiffel Tower, him in front of the Forbidden Palace, him in front of uh, the Capitol Building, and it's all him meeting world leaders. They're all surrendering to him. 
Oh yeah, because you, you see, he's him bending now. matter to yeah. his will. Yeah, he is. He has transcended the mortal plane. He is. Lots of photos of him, him si- signing unconditional surrenders. His acceptance of the the unconditional surrender of the Russian people and things like that. It was all, it was the movie that you know would have been much more interesting to watch, but they just kind of you know they gloss over in the last like twenty seconds. If there. you if you change this movie in any way, in any direction, on any of the frontiers of this movie, it would be more interesting to watch. It's quite masterful in how they've made this movie the least interesting version of itself it could have <laughs> been. Seriously, like the, the, it should have it should be interesting in some way, and it isn't. The first five minutes are interesting. Oh well, I, I yeah, I kind of lost interest because I thought the the shots of the those the anatomical drawings and those masks were like oh I can see they're trying to make this seem more mean more than it actually yeah. is yeah, and it's like oh fuck this <laughs> immediately <laughs> you're the one who suggested this I know I know I know and I don't feel foolish for suggesting it but I do remember no, being got... so much more fond of this movie than it turns out I really was <laughs> I really am. Well, next time we're going to be talking about westernising, or I suppose bastardising, kaiju movies. So, hope to see you guys then. Excellent stuff, yes. We'll see you then. Thank you very much. Turn down for what? Turn down for what? Turn down for what?